Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, despite attempts by the Taliban in Afghanistan to project a more benign image, many of the aspects of the previous regime have come back, particularly in relation to girls' education. Many secondary schools in the country have been closed, but as the BBC journalist Secundar Karmani has been reporting, many secret schools have sprung up in their place. Secundar, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are all the secondary schools for girls shut in Afghanistan? Well... Not all of them, no, but in the vast majority of the country, they are shut down. There's uh, around 34 provinces in Afghanistan. We're looking at around six provinces um, out of those in which secondary schools for girls have rather discreetly opened up with the with the agreement of local Taliban officials. Mm. But nationally, secondary schools for girls remain closed and, and in most of the country, they are still closed. And that's that's, of course, you know, a, a source of real anger and disappointment for so many uh, in the country. Back in March, everyone thought, including, you know, large numbers of the, the Taliban's own government, thought that secondary schools were going to be reopening. The, the, the Taliban's Ministry of Education had come up with a plan. But on the very day that uh, girls started arriving back in their classrooms, within an hour or so after they had arrived, a new announcement came through that the Taliban's leadership had overruled that decision and that the schools would remain shut for the moment. They say they're creating a committee to look into it, to create the kind of right, in quotation marks, Islamic environment for those schools to open up. But a lot of people are are really very sceptical about that. Mm. Uh, So the ostensible reason is they want to create a more Islamic environment, but they haven't been specific as to what that might actually mean. Exactly. I mean, look, sec- sec- schools in, in, in Afghanistan, certainly secondary schools, were already segregated by gender. Uh, the, the headscarf was already part of the uniform for, for girls. Um, so the, the plan that had been drawn up by the ministry, the Taliban's own ministry of education that was overruled, had said that, you know, unless absolutely necessary, then women should be teaching uh, teenage girls and and. and men male teachers should be teaching teenage boys so it's hard to see what more um the taliban leadership want uh to, to to kind of come up with in order to to open these schools up i mean i think privately taliban officials have admitted to me that female education is a sensitive issue for them and uh, you know as you said in your introduction under their previous regime in the 1990s in fact you know pretty much all female education for girls of all ages was stopped. Now, primary school girls have been allowed back to school. And in fact, in rural areas, enrollment and attendance has actually improved under the Taliban, which is somewhat counterintuitive, but it's because, you know, fighting has ended. The war for most of the country has now come to an end. So mm-hmm. families are able to send their girls to, to, to school in a way that perhaps they would have been afraid to, to, to do uh, previously. But these secondary schools remain shut. And, you know, it seems as if from my sources, there's a handful of influential elderly uh, figures close to the leadership in the Taliban, uh, particularly centered around the the southern city of Kandahar, which is the kind of spiritual base of the Taliban. Uh, And these figures are either basically opposed to, to female education for older girls or at least very very reluctant to allow it to go ahead. Mm. Is there is there a geographic split, perhaps, then, within Afghanistan on this issue? Well, there is. I mean, I, I spent some time with the Taliban um, 
even whilst they were fighting their insurgency. And I remember making one trip to to the north, to near the city of Mazar Sharif, which is a much more ethnically mixed part of the country. And there, the Taliban were in control of a number of villages, and they allowed secondary school girls to to continue going to lessons. You know, and this was. Um, before they had t- taken control of the, the full country, when they were just in control of villages in, in different parts of Afghanistan. And, and in fact, that, that area is one of the few areas that is still allowing secondary school girls to, 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 to attend lessons now. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you don't want to generalize too much, but mm. in the north of the country where populations are, as I say, more diverse, um, there, there seems to be a greater acceptance amongst the Taliban. Uh, of, of of female education in the southwest provinces like Helmand, Kandahar, these are often seen as you know the, the ultra conservative heartlands of the Taliban, and that's where um, there seems to be a greater degree of opposition. I mean, I remember one trip to a, a rural part of Helmand last December and chatting with some just grassroots Taliban fighters and one, uh, asking them their opinion uh, about female education. One of them said. Yeah, if if girls need to get an education or want to get an education, their brothers can go to school, and when their brothers come back home, they can teach them. Mm. So you know that that seemed to be the attitude uh, amongst some of the Taliban there. Whereas, you know, I remember, you know, equally meeting Taliban young Taliban fighters in, in Kabul who had been to university themselves, um, who said that yeah, we have no problem with our our sisters, daughters going to university, going to secondary school. I mean, interestingly. The, universities are, are still open and, and, and girls are allowed to go to, or young women are allowed to go to, to universities by the Taliban. I think it's because, you know, comparatively that that's a, a much smaller number of women uh, who are doing that. What the Taliban or these figures in the Taliban are particularly worried about is you know, young women, older girls walking the streets, going to school, coming back. They see it as a potential cause of moral corruption, perhaps, ah. which, of course, is an attitude that, you know, is really out of keeping with, with, with contemporary Afghanistan. And, you know, perhaps 20 years ago when the Taliban were last in power, there were there wasn't a degree of, of grassroots opposition to, to female education in some of these, you know, more rural very conservative, very patriarchal parts of the country. But now, you know, even I think, you know, traveling on Hellman, traveling on Kandahar, most ordinary people, um, even those who didn't come from, you know, well-off backgrounds or educated backgrounds, they all wanted uh, their daughters to, to, to go to school. They might have wanted them to be taught uh, by women, for example. They might have wanted them to, to dress a certain way when they're going to school, but they, they, they valued education, uh, and I think that is a change that's happened uh, in Afghanistan over the last twenty years. And it, the, the Taliban haven't kept pace with that change, really. Mm. And so, so the some of these secret schools that have sprung up. Is there, if you like, a hope underneath that that at some point the official school system will reopen again and they'll be able to return to that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we visited one secret school in Kabul. I mean, it was uh, it, it's, it's a small it was a small affair. But I mean, obviously, very brave and impressive work by the by the women who set it up, and, and very brave of the young girls who were who were attending. There were around fifteen of them, but they had done their best to kind of replicate a real classroom. So they had you know, neat white and blue desks, for example, a proper whiteboard, and each day they would study a different subject, and they were doing the ones that they the kind of students found the most difficult, like maths or some of the science subjects. And the teacher there uh, told me that you know. 
the that the intent behind it was that eventually she assumed uh, schools would have to reopen for girls, even if that's in a number of years time. Uh, And whenever they do reopen, that these girls would wouldn't be as far left behind as they they would be if they were just sitting at home by themselves. Mm. So, so yeah, that the hope is certainly that they'll, they'll open up, but I mean, no one knows exactly when or, or, or indeed if that, that, that will take place. Yeah, indeed. But given the, the differences in attitude towards this, could one infer from that, because we tend to think of the Taliban as one homogenous organisation, are there kind of many different Talibans operating, really? Well, look, the Taliban have always been quite good at keeping, a, a, a presenting a unified face to the, to the outside world. And, um, you know, throughout their insurgency, uh, there was a lot of kind of, I think, rather from their perspective, optimistic talk from, from Western officials and from Afghan government officials about splits within the Taliban. But actually, the Taliban were much more unified than, for example, the previous Afghan government was. That's <laughs> uh, probably one of the reasons why they why they ended up winning the, 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 the war. But interestingly, over this uh, issue of, of girls' education, we have seen kind of uh, arguments, disagreements, bubbling to the surface and it's you know a number of taliban figures mid-ranking people have, have expressed their disappointment uh, to me personally privately about the decision of, uh, not to reopen girls schools um we've seen some figures um either on social media or in speeches make veiled criticisms or at times open criticisms of um of the decision not to to reopen girls schools but uh, overall, I mean, a number of people have said to me who have close links to the Taliban that that the figures who are shutting it down are considered so influential that it's quite difficult for, for the, the rest of the, the Taliban, which one Taliban figure described to me as the silent majority, if you can believe, mm-hmm. uh, to, to have their... To, 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 to win the argument. But what we've also seen, which is quite interesting in, in the last few months, is a number of religious clerics who have links or affiliations to the Taliban giving religious decrees or fatwas uh, in support of the right of girls to, to get an education. So I spoke to, to one guy, for example, who lives most of the time just across the border in, in Pakistan in the city of Peshawar, but he's an Afghan cleric and he has very close links with the Taliban. Um, he had been repeatedly attacked by the Taliban's rival uh, ISIS as well, for example. Um, and he had issued a fact that saying that, you know, there's, uh, even under his very hardline conservative interpretation of, of, of Islam, uh, there is absolutely nothing that prevents a woman or a girl getting an education. In fact, he said it's it's obligatory for them to, to get an education and, oh, and they should get an education. We have to leave it there, Secunda. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today. That was Secunda Kamani there. He's uh, the BBC uh, correspondent in uh, that part of the world. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.